0: Hey, how many of you have ever seen one of these before? One of these. It's a glue trap. Uh, there's, been, there's been several occasions where Candace and I had uh, these little things called mice, right? They leave the little little gifts all over the house, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, glue traps are pretty incredible for catching them. but unfortunately, They'll catch anything that gets in them, won't they? They'll catch insects, they'll catch rodents. I even had somebody grab me between last service and said, one time I caught a lizard in one of these. I didn't didn't use it anymore, right? They don't discriminate between what gets in them, but whatever does get in there has no hope of escape. Isn't that right? Unlike most rodent traps, though, most are are built to kill things instantly or catch them alive, and you can relocate them. These things, man, when when they get in there, you just can't get out of there. They're going to starve to death. They're just, they're just stuck. And how many of you know it's not the most humane form of pest control, but, but it is effective, right? But most things that get stuck in here, they'll, they'll just use all their energy trying to get out. They can't get out of it. But how many of you know in our life, in our life, that we can get stuck too? Huh? Have anybody ever felt like that? Like you're stuck? Maybe something, somebody, something you said wrong? Maybe something that somebody said to you, maybe something you've done, or maybe something that's been done to you, and you just feel stuck and you can't shake it off, right? If so, we got some good news for you today. We believe that you can safely sidestep the traps in your way by walking in peace and forgiveness. We're gonna be going through a series in this month called Traps and Trolls. We're gonna be talking about offense. We're going to be talking about shame, and we're going to be talking about comparison. And we want to help you resist the temptation to get stuck in a spiritual sickness that so many feel is unavoidable. Today, we're going to be talking about shame as I try to remove my hand from this trap. All right, there we go. That wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad. Today, we're going to be talking about shame, a recent clinical paper submitted by the National Institute for Health. It defines shame this way. Shame is considered by many to be the master emotion. It's a master emotion. It's an emotion we feel. Shame is commonly a negative self-conscious emotion that arises when we're concerned about how we're seen by other people and judged by others. Did you catch that? It's about how we feel that others are seeing us, right? Right? During a shame experience, we feel deeply flawed, unworthy, and even unlovable, and that our social position and our social bonds are under threat. Shame can provoke powerful feelings of despair, of inferiority, of powerlessness, of defectiveness, defectiveness and self-contempt. Can anybody relate to a struggle like that? Has anybody ever felt shame before in your life? Yeah, I appreciate you being honest. We've all been through it. If we, were, if we were completely honest, every hand in the room would go up, no doubt. You're not alone. It's one of the most common traps the enemy uses against us. And we believe the best way to escape, escape the stickiness. My hands are still sticky. One of the best ways to escape the stickiness of shame is to follow who? Follow Jesus, that's right. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. How many of you know that joy that Jesus was talking about was when he knew that, that we were going to be in right standing with God if he endured the cross, right? But it goes on to say this. It says, scorning its shame, scorning its shame, he sat down at the right hand of God on the throne of God right hand of God you see the joy was knowing that we're going to be right standing with God the shame that he's talking about scorning the shame is that Jesus when he when he went that cross guy he he was he was his beard was plucked out they spit in his face they mocked him I want to remind you that he is the king of kings and the lord of lords god almighty that walked on this earth and yet he was beaten, he was stripped naked, and they nailed him to a Roman cross. And it wasn't something that was off in some secret hidden place. And the Romans loved to do it right out of the main thoroughfare where people could see, because they wanted it to make it a point. They wanted to make a point to everyone that if you misbehave, if you step out of line, this is what happens to you in the Roman Empire. And how I many of you know Jesus was totally innocent? But yet he took on our sins. He bore our sins. He bore our sickness. And he bore our disease. And how many of you know that he also bore our shame? The book of Romans chapter 8 says, there is therefore now. Everybody say now. Now. When is now? When is that? When is now? There is therefore now. No. What's no mean? Hey, I went to country school, right? I can still count to zero. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The trap of shame tries to keep you stuck in sin and death. But if you believe Jesus lived in perfection, died in your place and rose again in power, then I'm telling you, you can You should, you will, you absolutely can walk in the peace and the joy that God has for you. No matter what's been done to you, no matter what you've done, you can still walk in that peace. Because Jesus paid the price so you can walk free of shame, you can walk free of guilt, you can walk free of condemnation. There is therefore now how much? No condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Can you give Jesus praise? Come on, give him praise. Absolutely. At Faith Promise, we believe in empowering the next generation. As leaders, man, we just believe that that we're raising up leaders, that they can can set the example along with us. This is something that Paul encouraged Timothy to do as a young disciple. uh, he He wanted Timothy to raise up leaders too, young leaders as well. And here at Faith Promise, man, we absolutely want to do that. Gen Z exhibits a distinctive approach to shame and identity deeply influenced by digital culture, by diversity and increased awareness of mental health. Growing up with social media, they've seen both the negative consequences of online shaming and they've seen the empowering narratives of of self-acceptance. And that rejection manifests spiritually too. And overcoming shame is a key spiritual struggle for them. And today, man, we want to lean in and we want to hear from the next generation. And here at the Pellissippi campus, would you welcome Mackenzie McManus to our stage, one of the Gen Zers here? She's going to come out and talk to us. Yeah. Come on out, Mackenzie. Well, Mackenzie, as I'm getting settled here, and you are, won't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are?
1: Good morning, everyone. My name is Mackenzie. I'm 22, and I'm Knoxville born and raised. Love the Vols. And I am on the WinXP intern team with the students. Raise your hand if you're a student in here. I saw a couple. Yes, love you guys. Proud of you all for being here on fall break. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so how has shame impacted your life?
1: So, there was a period of my life when I had just given my life to the Lord. So, I, I was 13. And... I made the decision for the first time, and there was a whole year where I was wanting to be cool, I wanted to fit in, hang out with my friends, and so we were dipping our toes in the waters of all the things, partying, drinking, hanging out with boys, lying to our parents, all the things, and so I knew that I was in the wrong, and I knew that I was not living the life that God created for, and so it took me down this path of feeling so much shame and so much guilt over the decisions that I was making. And you were,
0: and you were 13, 13 years 13. old then, yeah, it gave your life to Christ, but quickly You've, you found yourself in a different position yeah were there any tendencies that you had to avoid shame in your life mm-hmm. during that time
1: um, there was a point where I realized that I was making terrible decisions and that I was not um, doing what I knew the Lord was asking me to do so there was this deep guilt and this deep shame that would came up so I was gonna try and start being like no friends like let's not do this like this is not smart let's do something else but then they would just peer pressure me into whatever we were doing so then I couldn't say no. I just had no self-control and no, like, ability to stand up for myself. So I felt so much shame over that.
0: How many of you tried to avoid something that you know that you shouldn't be stepping into? But, but, man, peer pressure or or whatever, it can pull you back in. It sounds like that's what's happened in your life. Hey, what uh, what have you found to be helpful to, yeah. to overcome shame in your life?
1: After about a year of living like this and making my own decisions, I came to Faith Promise for the first time. So in this year, I did not go to church at all. I was running far away from the church. And so my friends invited me to have peace students. And the very first night that I was there, I got absolutely wrecked by the Lord. And he opened my eyes to see that I had not been living the way that he designed me for, the way that he created me to live, and that I had actually not even been living in relationship with him, even though I gave my life to the Lord. And so this started a whole process of walking in freedom and finding healing. And so some of the things that really helped me was prayer and worship. So learning how to pray and learning how to worship so that I would take my eyes off of myself and the things that I was doing and look at God and look at what he had done for me and paid for me so that I wouldn't think about the, sh- the shame that I was walking in. And yeah. then learning to hear the voice of God, so learning to read the word and find my identity in the word and then learning to hear the still small voice through prayer and worship and learning to know that, like, this is what God says about me, not what the enemy says about me, and this is my value, this is my worth, and this is how he sees me. Also, really changed the game in knowing my true
0: identity. Shame certainly tries to hold that back. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Woo. love it, love it. You know what? You know of what she just said. I thought was so cool is that she walked. She gave her life to Christ. Walked, fell away. Walked in shame, and then it was FP students, faith promises. She came back. Some friends invited her. How many of you know the power of the invite? Is it is it, it really matters? The, the friends invited her. She came. And now, not only does she get free, set free at FP students, but now she is helping other students get free right here at the Pellissippi campus in FP students. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I'm so proud of you, Mackenzie. So, have you found anything? Um, I mean, particularly helpful community or whatever to help you overcome a shame?
1: Mm-hmm. So FB students, obviously, a huge, huge help. I found pastors and small group leaders and friends that actually cared about me and actually knew me and knew who I was, knew what I was called to, and so then them being able to also speak life over me and tell me who I was and what I was created for held me accountable yeah. and held me stay far away from the lies that the enemy was trying to plant in my mind.
0: So yeah. that was so awesome. That's so good. So what about today? So you, that, that was back when you were younger. Uh, do you still, do, does shame still try to? come up on you today.
1: Yeah, all a, the time. It's so annoying. The enemy tries to lie to me like every day <laughs> and tell me that I'm not actually free. He tries to tell me that I'm still stuck in sin and shame and all these things. And I just have to sit there and fight with him. Say, no, sorry, you don't get to talk to me. You don't get to tell me what I am or anything. And I just have to remind myself of, the identity that the Lord spoke over me and continues to speak over me, and I get to believe that I am free and that the Lord does not see me as my sin or as my shame or whatever, but he sees me as daughter. So I get to live in that.
0: Yes, come on, let's give it up for Mackenzie. Hey, thank you so much for being willing to come out and be vulnerable and talk to us today. Thank you so much. Church, let's give it up one more time for Mackenzie. Yes. I've personally been able to see uh, how God has worked in Mackenzie's life. And she spent even two years on the mission field with Youth with a Mission with YWAM. And, uh, man, I, look what the enemy tried to do, tried to take her out, walking in shame. And, and Mackenzie and I talked personally. There's so much more she could share more deeply that she could share about some specifics of how God rescued her from a place where she felt so shameful. How many of you know when we sin, the Holy Spirit convicts us Right? And draws us to the place where we should get to. But but what she was talking about, what she told me, was it was more than that. It was a shame. You see, she didn't want to approach God because of her shame. Yet the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we are to boldly approach the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. And so many times, man, the enemy wants to keep us back in the dark. And how many of you know when we bring it out into the light? that God can set us free at that place. Amen? Amen. I believe, I believe that the only hope that we can find if we're going to escape, it comes from within. Because we can be set free of our sin, but we can still be afraid to approach God in shame. Adam and Eve felt it, right? So many people. But throughout Scripture, so many places where we see that happen. Remember the Apostle Peter? Matthew? I'm sorry not Matthew. Who were the three closest to Jesus? It was James, Peter, and John. Those are the three amigos that were the closest to Jesus. And when Jesus told them, See, guys, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to go to the cross. They're going to arrest me. I'm going to die. And the disciples were hearing this. They, they were all like, Ooh, they were trying to figure it out. And he said, You're all going to deny me. You're, you're going to turn. You're going to run. And what Peter said, Not me, Lord. Not me. But we know what happened. Jesus was arrested and he was taken. And Peter was watching from a distance, he was in the courtyard watching, and people started coming up to him and said, hey, you, you, you were with Jesus, weren't you? And what did Peter say? Not me, not me, he said it once. And then he said it twice. And then he said it three times, and he heard a rooster crow, just as Jesus had said it would happen. And the Bible says he went out and he just wept bitterly. Shame came over him. But I love what happened. Even after Jesus he died on the cross, he rose from the grave and he appeared to the disciples over a period of 40 days. But apparently Peter still carried that shame because Jesus purposely went and met him by the seashore, the Sea of Galilee, had a little fish fry going on there. Peter came up and Jesus three times said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter had to respond. You see, Jesus was restoring Peter from that shame that held him back. There's another story, Mark chapter 5, from a woman in Capernaum. That's where that's where Peter lived, by the way, by the Sea of Galilee. A woman was walking through a large crowd. Jesus was popular at this point, man. He was healing people, setting them free. He was showing them the love of the Father, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years everybody say 12 years it's a long time guys she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors spent all that she had get instead of getting better she grew worse and in verse 27 of mark chapter 5 it says when she heard about jesus when she what when she heard about jesus how are people going to hear about jesus somebody's got to be talking about it Man, I don't know about you, but I could be more bold about sharing with people about Jesus. My neighborhood, where I work, where I shop, everywhere I go. How many of you know we need to be sharing the good news that God loves you and he wants a relationship with you? When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought to herself, if I just touch him, I will be healed. And immediately the Bible says, Her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Jesus at once stopped. (laughs) I love it, man. He stopped, and he said, hey, somebody touch me. Somebody touch me. His disciples were like, what do you mean somebody touched you? Everybody's touching you. Jesus said, no, somebody touch me. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, she came, and she fell at the feet of Jesus, trembling with fear. And she told him the whole truth. I got a question for you. If Jesus healed her, why was she afraid? Where was the fear? What was going on there? I want to remind you that she had been sick for 12 years. Everything she had, she'd spent. She was poor, guys. She was the lowliest of the low. She was poor. Not only that, but she was a woman. And in that society, women were looked at as second class citizens. And the third thing is she was unclean because the Bible says she had an issue of blood. Perhaps her menstrual cycle just wouldn't stop. Something had gone haywire. Twelve years. And did you know that when when someone had an issue of blood like that, that they weren't allowed to go and worship? She couldn't come to church today, guys. She wouldn't be allowed to be here. But yet she pressed to that crowd. She said, I'm going to touch Jesus Do you think she touched other people? Every person she touched, the Bible says that they would have become unclean under the Levitical law. So yes, she was afraid when she approached Jesus. She knew that she had done wrong going into that crowd and not crying out unclean, unclean, and she touched the hem of his garment. And I love what our Lord said to her. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Man, over and over and over in the New Testament, we see where people that stepped out in faith that it stopped Jesus and he acted on their behalf. You see, Jesus not only healed her physically, but he blessed her with peace and comfort as a reward of her faith. Jesus healed her soul. And just like the sickness that was from her body He removed from her mind the fear that she was stuck in shame. What about you? What about your life? Do you find yourself stuck in shame? Are you tired of struggling to get free over and over again? We believe Jesus wants to heal you and take the shame and set you free to walk in peace. So now it's up to you. I believe God wants to set some people free here this morning. You know, the Bible, we have a choice. We can look at what our thoughts tell us about ourselves, or we can look at what God's Word says about us. And the Bible says the mirror that we are to be looking at is this mirror, church. The mirror that we are to be looking at is this. I can't tell you how many times that I felt shame and the last thing I want to do is go to God but Bible, but the word of God says come boldly to the throne of grace. So what is next in your life? What's next in your life? It's to believe Jesus can set you free and for you to behave as if he has, as if you are set free. You see believing that Jesus set you free starts with you seeing it in scripture. And then actually believing it and, and, and believing over your life. I, I love to speak scripture over my life. I love to pray scripture. Some of you are you're saying, I don't know how to pray. Pray scripture. I challenge you to do that. Speak and believe in the name of Jesus that I am free. The Bible says in John chapter 8, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Oh, let's say it again. John chapter 8 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. If the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Would you stand up right now? We're going to speak some scripture. We're going to proclaim the word of God right now. This, by the way, the scriptures are getting ready to proclaim, they will be on our social media account starting tomorrow. So if you want to go and find those and look those up tomorrow, you can do that. I challenge you to speak this over your life, not only today but tomorrow. Let's put it up here on the screen. As a child of God, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't help you, let me help you a little bit here. Let's do this together, okay? Let's say it, let's read it together out loud. And I don't know about you guys but when I've got something, if I had a little chihuahua trying to chew on my leg right now, I wouldn't say get away dog, I would kick the dog and I would yell at it, right? So let's speak it like we mean it, here we go. As a child of God, I am precious. A new creation, adopted in God's family a child of the Most High and infinitely loved. I was chosen by God, bought with a price, and I am his masterpiece. I am not subject to shame. I am under no condemnation, and my old life is put to death. Shame is no longer my master. It has no legal authority over my mind, for I have the mind of Christ, and I will take every evil thought Captain. I am more than a conqueror. I am already victorious through Jesus. And today I declare my freedom. Come on, give him some praise. Yes, that's right. Man, I believe God wants us to speak life over our own particular lives, but I also believe that is our what is next, but I also believe our who is next How many of you know, some of you in here, you may say, well, Mike, I'm not walking in shame. I I, I appreciate what you're saying, but I really, man, I'm walking in freedom right now. I really am not walking in shame. But let me tell you something. You pass somebody every single day that are in bondage to shame. Come on. Everywhere we go, there are people that need to be set free. So I want to challenge you. Your who is next is to speak life. Your who is next is to believe God's best over other people and speak life over them. The book of Proverbs says the power of life and death are in the what? In the tongue. We have the power to break the bonds of shame with our words. Will you commit to living that out? So right now our prayer team is going to come forward and we're going to close out this service by giving you the opportunity man. Maybe you need to take a step of faith and step into forgiveness and ask God to forgive you of something that's Affecting your life. Maybe you need to come up here and somebody else that you know that you need to pray for that they can let some things free and lay them down. We've got crosses we have response tables and we just ask that you would respond to what God has for you. Let's pray. God we love you but we just want to surrender this time to you. God we pray that you would break the bonds of condemnation and shame and guilt over people's lives. God would you empower us to go out And help people be set free. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, as we worship, feel free to respond.